0: Alright, my people, this is your man, El Jamal, coming through with a special Sunday morning edition of Never Out of Bounce. This is a place where your Second Amendment is protected as long as you got them facts. A couple big things to talk about today, so let's get right into it with the word on the street. And we're going to start off with Jamal Khashoggi. Now, I've talked about him a couple times on this show, a couple different episodes, but uh, I'm going to give you guys some more details into what's going on with that case so far, and uh, recently, under this earlier this week, Saudi officials uh, will will said they will execute five suspects that were that were charged with conspiring and murdering the journalists. Now, Saudi prosecutors are now claiming that members of Prince Muhammad security, as well as the head of forensics at the Center of Intelligence, were given orders to abduct Khashoggi, but. Uh, the murder occurred while they, while he was, you know, while in the effort of trying to fight away. Uh, they ended up killing Khashoggi. That's what's being said. Uh, the U.S. Treasury will also impose uh, s- uh, sanctions. Excuse me on 17 other suspects. Uh, now, Turkish prosecutors and the CIA are saying something completely different. Uh, not only. Uh, well, we know this for a fact uh, now. So, uh, not only uh, was Prince Muhammad responsible for carrying out the orders, they also dismembered his body. Let's not forget that, and they also dissolved parts of Khashoggi's body in acid, and they, you know, they washed it down the drain. Also, so with that being said, there is no real body. Again, all the tools. Uh, I believe there was uh, there were body parts found at the consulate general's house in Istanbul, and also, like I said before in another episode, there was a unmarked car, uh, also within the city, the city limits of Istanbul, with some tools, with a bag, with one of Khashoggi's bags, and so it was ob- obvious that he was had been abducted, been taken. You know, to some, at least to a uh, secluded area. Now we saw well, all of us, all around the world, have seen the video of him being taken inside the consulate. We know for a fact there was no struggle. We saw him being being dragged into that building. Uh, Twenty-one people have been indicted in Saudi Arabia, however, at the moment. But uh, I wanna I want to say this quote here because it leads into more of what I'm saying. This has been, you know, pre-ordinated, pre-coordinated attack carried out uh this is coming from the turkish foreign minister uh merlut kalsoglu uh, kalsoglu now he's saying the necessary equipment and people were previously brought in to kill and later dismember him. This is obviously true. Uh, there's no evidence of a body just yet. So obviously he was dismembered and something had to have happened to his body. Um, we also, like I said, I mentioned the car uh, in, the, in a parking garage that was empty, left empty except for just his bag. So we know he was abducted. We know that something did happen to him. Turkey is also, uh, Turkey also has audio tapes uh, with Coach, uh with Khashoggi being strangled, and like I said, eventually being uh dismembered uh, again, you know, certain uh intelligence officials, you know, in the U S and in Saudi Arabia have access to this, to the tapes, to the audio tapes, but not nobody in the public just yet, uh, but definitely there was some foul play here. And again, we have to, uh, You know, I think it's important to talk about because, again, there's been this movement in a lot of these right wing uh, movements to, uh, you know, shut down the press or uh, demean the press in some way or, you know, Like I said, in America, they'll just call it fake news. They'll take away your press passes, so on and so forth. In a lot of these different countries, you could end up dead for just speaking uh, against what the regime is. And Khashoggi, he was in a very integral uh, spot when he was was living. uh, Before he had moved to the U.S., like I've already mentioned, he was a royal insider to the Saudi royal family. So he knew a lot of the inner workings. He knew a lot of the secrets. And again, he just talked about... Uh, some of his reports will talk about some of the negative aspects of that country, you know, uh, just recently women were allowed to drive things like that. And so uh, that became obviously this was an issue for Prince principal because now we know for a fact that that's who had a murder. So obviously uh, there is a, you know, it's a culture. It's a culture change and it's a culture shock. And I guess uh, certain parts of that. You know, very conservative Islamic set that rules the country of Saudi Arabia and just that area of the Middle East is not ready to uh, relinquish. So, you know, it's an unfortunate event, but as of now, we do know that this was a hit. This was a pre coordinated hit, and it was carried out by the Prince, Prince Muhammad. So let's uh, let's move on a little bit. We got some news closer for home, at least for me. I'm going to let you guys uh, up in on this wildfire that's been going on for the past, these wildfires that's been going on for the past couple of weeks. Uh, well, in Northern California, uh, there is the campfire and that took, places, took place in the area of Butte County. Uh, so cities like Paradise, Magalia, and Concow uh, uh, suffered tremendous damage. Some cities were basically burned off off the map Uh, 71 people have been confirmed dead in the northern california area also 1011 people are still missing Uh, over a thousand buildings have been destroyed Uh, this was uh, mostly houses and apartment buildings again these are not in your uh, urban areas of california but again some uh, there's a good number of people who live out there and a good number of people that are displaced there's also about twenty-five thousand people maybe even more at this point who do not have who did not have power and as of uh, Friday, uh, there was about uh, 50% of that fire being contained. I imagine of uh, it being Sunday, it's probably increased. I would say, probably at this point, 60%, maybe even more. Uh, in Southern California, 600 buildings were destroyed. That was caused by the Woosley fire. Uh, that is about 69% contained, or uh, 69 to 71% contained. And again, since we're going into the next week, it might even just be a little bit more. Uh, 98,632 acres have burned already in Southern California and that's compared to 146,000 that were born and, uh, burned out here in Northern California. The smoke from all these fires has created unhealthy air conditions throughout the state and we're talking about levels that are worse uh, than China and we've already heard the horror stories about what's going on here. But with that being said, I will put you guys in on some good news. Uh, there has been a little bit of a, a change in the wind I would say. A little bit windier yesterday and it looks to be a a little bit windy, just a little bit windy today, and it looks just a little bit clearer. Uh, the last couple of days, you can actually see smoke, uh, it was really visible. Uh, for a good, uh, for a good, over a week it was visible. You could definitely inhale it. Uh, today I have not been outside myself, but it d- looks a little bit clearer. I have to go outside, but it looks a lot. It looks a little bit better. Uh, but again, if you do have uh, any respiratory problems or just want to avoid it, I wouldn't mind. I would not mind suggesting that you do wear a mask, a protective mask. Now schools in Sacramento, uh, San Francisco, excuse me, Oakland, Folsom, as well as six universities in northern california closed down uh from friday to the weekend uh, so they'll be opening up back they'll be opening up soon but again they wanted to avoid all that exposure now E could be on the hook for between 6.8 to 15 billion dollars if their equipment is held responsible for causing the fire and it's funny to me because before i before i let you guys go for now um there was a I remember maybe it was a couple of months ago. Now, if you guys you know remember these commercials, please you know hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on uh, hit me up somewhere. We'll we'll I you know we'll talk. It, Cause I remember seeing these commercials. It was two or three weeks ago. All throughout Facebook, I don't know if they were on uh, maybe not even Facebook, but I know they were on YouTube. I don't know if they were on TV. I don't watch a whole lot of TV, but they were basically uh, these guys. And females, uh, guys and ladies coming down, and they were talking about why, you know, your, you know, your public utilities company should not be held re- responsible for certain certainties, nat- for these national disasters. So it's very interesting to see. I remember, I don't know exactly, uh, I can't remember, you know, exactly who was in those commercials. Of course, they were just like these folks spokespeople spokespersons uh, but again they're talking about why maybe you know your your public utilities companies should not be responsible for natural disasters and it's just so funny it's just so funny that it, it happens to happen that way in just a matter of time right after i see this commercial so i just thought that was funny i thought i would put that out there and again pgna could be held at fault and again uh if pg and is not held at fault it might come back to haunt us in terms of the taxpayers, so just letting you guys know that too, alright y'all, we are going to be taking a quick break but when I come back, I'm gonna be going over the college football action over the weekend, going over that top 20, good old top 25 action going to be going over some games uh, also, we will be going over some MVP awards, Cy uh, Young Awards for the MLB, and then also we'll uh, be wrapping everything up with some basketball we'll be talking about, you know, Draymond and uh, Durant, and we are talking about the state of the warriors a little bit and what what that's meant for them the past couple of days and also you know steph is still out so we'll talk a little bit about that and we'll get into some more ho- hoops action as well all right you All we're gonna take a quick break and i'll be right back Alright y'all, I am back, and before I get into those top 25 scores, I got one story for you guys, and it looks like Kansas and Les Smile is trying to finalize, well they are finalizing a deal for his services, now Les coached in two national championships for LSU, that's Louisiana, Louisiana State, in case y'all don't remember, SEC prime time team they, uh, he played at two national championships one in two thousand and seven one in two thousand eleven he won one he won uh, in two thousand and seven uh, he also won two s e c titles uh in 2011, 2007 and eleven two thousand seven and two thousand and eleven same years uh now again uh he's also uh has a one hundred and forty one and fifty five record and this um now this comes at a good time because this is right before you know the main recruiting, uh, recruiting uh, stint for all the coaches in the country. This is before right they right before they hit the road. Uh, some of them are not really gonna have a, a ball game or like a postseason game to worry about, so they'll be right, right on the right on the recruiting trail. And, and Kansas is one of those teams, so it was a good pickup. I think he's a, a well-known coach. He's somebody who's been in the analyst position, so he's he's you know he's been on TV. People know about him. He is somewhat of a marquee. Coach again. Uh, he did play in the. Uh, in the uh, well, he did coach at LSU during, you know, uh, Nick Saban's 10 uh, tenure So, you know, a whole lot of teams weren't going to win, but he definitely uh, has shown that he can. Uh, and he's definitely um, somebody that his. Uh, you know his programs tend to like. Uh, it took them a while. It took LSU a while to finally let him go. Uh, he was a fixture on the campus. Somebody like the, that, the kids really, you know, responded to and played well for. But again, this is good for somebody like Kansas. Uh, they've been through a whole, you know, slew of different coaches since about two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Uh, that was the last time I did anything worth you note know, on a national scene. Uh, they were led by a coach uh, by the name of Eric Mangino. Uh, he took them to the Rose Bowl and i believe they also um won the big tail title that that year uh but with the exception of that year they were headed by a quarterback by the name of todd reesing back then yeah with the exception of that year they really haven't had that much success at all in their history and they've been around for a while so uh hopefully for them uh you know Les miles comes through for them. I don't see why not. He's definitely a good play caller. He can definitely recruit. And again, they got him got him around the best time uh to get a coach because again, they'll be hitting that recruiting trail soon. It's not like they have a ball game. They won't be playing in a conference championship game. He can immediately go in, uh they already have a, a coach right now. They can lit that coach that they have now, you know you know finish off the rest of the season while he already gets the the recruiting board together. And like I said he's a really great recruiter. Uh he's done he's did he's done pretty well in the SEC. Like I said he's already he had, you know, two SEC championships and it's very difficult to win one. If if you know especially let alone two in the SEC. So to to have that exposure, to have uh some national championship a national championship winner uh to lead you, I think Kansas is looking in the right direction. I thought it was a smart choice on their part. Uh, moving on, let's get to these top 25 scores. And it all started Friday night when Boise State uh, took it to uh, New Mexico uh, to the to the score of 45-14. Their quarterback, Brett Rippian, led the way with three touchdowns over 226 yards. Actually, 220 yards. I'll give him the player of the game in that one. Boise State uh, moves up to 92 on the season. New Mexico moves down to 3-8. And, and Like I've already said about New Mexico and their coach, he's definitely on that hot seat is just getting a little bit harder as we move along. Now, uh, back to these, back to the rest of these scores. We got number Alabama, number one, excuse me, Alabama taking on the Citadel. Now the Citadel, it's it's a gimme game. Don't worry about it. That's a cupcake game. Uh, Alabama, that game was actually was actually slow for Alabama for. The first half, I don't think Alabama was up by more than maybe sixteen points going into that half. But eventually, they, uh, you know how they do, number one style, Alabama style. Uh, They ended up winning that game, fifty-one to seventeen. They're still undefeated, and I don't think they'll be having any type of real challenge until that SEC title game with Georgia. But you know, let's keep it pushing. We got uh, number twenty-one Mississippi State taking out Arkansas, fifty-two to six. We got Northwestern, number twenty-two in the nation, taking out Minnesota, twenty four to fourteen. We got Penn State taking out Rutgers. Uh number fourteen in the nation. Twenty to seventeen is a the score there. We got Kentucky, number eleven in the nation, holding on to beat Middle Tennessee, 34 to 23. Normally, you know, Kentucky doesn't really have that much offense. But again, they're playing middle Tennessee, so they better have scored at least 34 and won that game. Or I was going to roast them, just being honest with you. Middle Tennessee is is boo-boo. No. And despite Kentucky not having a really great offense, they better not have lost to that team. I'm gonna say it right now. They was about to get roasted. Anyways, we got number ten Ohio State holding on to beat Maryland 52 to 51 in overtime. Let's talk a little bit about this game because we know what's coming up in the future for Ohio State and the Big Ten in general. So let's get right into it. We got Dwayne Haskins, the Heisman candidate, going twenty eight for thirty-eight for four hundred and five yards, three touchdowns and interception, but he had three rushing touchdowns. This man it's pretty amazing. I saw him play. Uh I saw the highlights of yesterday's game. He's definitely he's definitely a forerunner runner right next to two uh two of over there at Alabama. Um yeah, it was be- Those two guys, phenomenal play. Uh, Both, I mean, the way what he can do passing the ball is amazing. He's crisp, he's uh, accurate, and he can also run the ball too. So he's he's a threat to get points all over the place. Uh, In terms of rushing, J.K. Dobbins led the way with uh, 203 yards. He also had a touchdown. In terms of receiving, Terry McLaurin had four catches for 118 yards and also a touchdown. Benjamin Victor also had a touchdown as well. And on defense, they were led by Tuff Borland, who had eight total tackles in a sack. As far as Maryland goes, of course, uh, they've had all the drama. I've already said uh, they let go of DJ Durkin. I believe they, they decided to keep uh, keep everything going with Matt Canada as their interim coach. Uh, let's take a look at these numbers, though. 6 of 13 uh, from Tyrell Pagroni. Uh, he also had 181 yards, and he also had a touchdown. In terms of rushing, Anthony McFarland led the way. He had 298 yards and a touchdown, and four other running backs scored in the round as well. So, If one thing we know that Ohio State can't do is they might not be able to defend the run that well. And one thing I will say that Michigan does is run the ball pretty damn good. They have a good running back with Higdon. That might be an interesting matchup. In terms of receiving for Maryland, Daryl Jones led the way with 68 yards, and also Ja'Shawn Jones was able to catch a touchdown. And on defense, Trey Watson, he uh, led the way with 12 total tackles, uh, the safety, and also the cornerback, Antoine Richardson, had 11 total tackles. And so it was a close game. Um, Maryland did not back down. There was a point where Maryland was up, I think, 27-14 or 24-17, to 17, actually going into the half. So, uh there's a lot American, uh, Maryland excuse me, can build on for next year. They're like looking at five and six right now. They may even be able to get themselves a ball game, get to a ball game to kind of see where they truly stand in terms of what they have going into this, uh, going into next year, you know, and to finish this year out. You never know. I could see them going to a ball game, and I think it would be a good look for them. I think it means a lot for them just to get to a ball game. And even a game like this, Now I know they lost in overtime, but they lost. They lost by one point to the number ten team, and they did have a lead, which means they can play. And I think if you know you give them a a cohesive training staff, cohesive coaching unit, give them a year without D J Durkin, give them a chance to get their stuff together, they look like they might be able to compete. You never know. And Ohio State has already, we already shown it's already been shown that they can drop a game to a lesser opponent. Let's see. Well Ohio State remains at number ten of course and they go to ten and one. So that's how we're gonna end that one off. But let's keep these top twenty five scores going. Uh, we have number nineteen, Utah beating down on Colorado and uh, Thirty to seven. We got Utah State, number twenty-three in the nation, beating Colorado State, twenty-nine to twenty-four. We also have another top twenty-five matchup uh, between Syracuse and Notre Dame. Notre Dame was able to win that game easily. Number three, Notre Dame, thirty-six to thirty-six to three. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this game as well. Now, in terms of uh, Syracuse, they had two quarterbacks play. Their regular starter, Eric Dungy, he went out with an injury. He threw for interception, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Tommy DeVito, De- DeVito got the bulk of the playing time. He went 14-31 for 105 yards and two touchdowns. As far as I know, there's no relation to Danny DeVito, so I thought it would be cool, but It's not. But, anyways, uh, in terms of rushing, Mo Neal led the way with 74 yards. uh, And on receiving, Todd Harris had five uh, catches at 78 yards. So, a bad game from offense from Syracuse. Uh, I don't know. I mean, again, I think they have a solid offense. But with Eric Dungy going out, and, again, Notre Dame is a solid defensive team. Nobody really says that about them. I've been saying that they're better than people think. There's a lot of people that might say, oh, well, Michigan's better. They've been playing better football. I... That's that's for the beholder. Notre Dame has already beaten Michigan. So, in my opinion, because they've won head-to-head, Notre Dame is the better team. That's just me. In terms of defense uh, for Syracuse, linebacker Ryan Guthrie led the way with t- uh, 12 total tackles. Also, Andrew, Andre Sisco had nine total tackles in uh, interception. And this is not to be c- uh, confused with the forward Andre Sisco, who plays soccer out in Italy. It's somebody completely different. Believe me, I Googled it and got hella confused. But... On another note, let's get into Notre Dame. Uh, they were led by Ian Brook, Brook, who led, uh, who went twenty-three of thirty-seven for two hundred and ninety-two yards and two touchdowns. He also threw an interception uh, on the ground. We have Dexter Williams leading the way. He had seventy-four yards, a touchdown. He also caught a touchdown pass as well. Jafar Armstrong also ran for a touchdown as well. On uh, in terms of receiving, we have uh, Chase Claypool who also got a touchdown. And on defense, Julian Love had five total tackles, safe. The Alohi Gilman had eight total tackles, uh, two interceptions, and then they have Drew uh, Tranquil who had seven total tackles and two sacks. And as a as a team, they have five total sacks. So they definitely got to the quarterback. They definitely ran the ball. Ian Brook throws the ball pretty well. I saw some highlights of this game as well. Uh, in terms of who's looking better between them and Michigan. I, at this point, I think that's a, a mood argument. I think at this point, the one, two, three, and four spots are pretty much solidified. I don't really see Alabama losing in the conference championship game. So we'll see. So Michigan will might have a chance, will should have a chance, to see uh, Notre Dame one more time and to really make that claim. But as of now, I wouldn't get into that uh, that argument. Both these teams are looking good. They're, they're winning like they're supposed to. So uh, as long as they hold Hold on to their, to their respective spots. That you'll get a chance to, to see who's the better team again. Uh, moving on, we got some more uh, top 25 scores. We got Boston College going down to Florida State, 21-20. to uh, Boston College was 20th in the nation coming into this game. Uh, that's likely to change within the next couple of days. Uh, we got West Virginia. They also took an L to Oklahoma State, 41-45. to That pretty much eliminates them for any type of playoff consideration. Uh, I Again, they have to play Oklahoma. I'm not even too sure about that game, so I don't even know if they can even win that conference. Uh, Moving on, we got Georgia, number five in the nation, taking out UMass. Easy game, 66 to 27. We don't need to talk about that one. Michigan holds on to beat Indiana, 31 uh, to 20, holding on to their number four ranking. This game was delayed for a couple of hours, but it didn't stop Michigan from getting another W. Uh, in the Pac-12, we got number 18 Washington taking out Oregon State, 42 to 23. We got Duke coming up against, uh, well, coming up short against number two Clemson, six to 35. We got number seven LSU beating down Rice out there in Houston. 42 to 10. We got Oklahoma uh coming through to beat uh Kansas 55 to 40. That's the score there. Number six Oklahoma, ugliest defense I've ever seen. They, I hope they don't make the playoffs because I'm not trying to see nobody get blown out. And uh, Texas uh, was able to do enough to beat uh, fifth number 15 Texas was able to do enough to beat number 16 Iowa State 24 to 10. And then we also have uh, Cincinnati uh, number 11 Cincinnati taking out number 24. I'm sorry, number 11 UCF Central Florida. I'm tripping. They're still undefeated. They won't be beaten this year. They need there needs to be a case made for these guys. Two straight years going undefeated. Anyways, Central Florida wins this game 38-10. Uh, and finally, uh, Washington State was able to get the W against uh, Arizona 68-27. to 27. That's going to be your final score there. All right, y'all, we're going to take one last quick break, and when we come back, we're going to go over some uh, MLB postseason awards. Again, we're going to go over the uh, uh, ML MVP, oh, my God, MVP and the Cy Young Award winners. Uh, Also, we got some basketball to talk about as well. All right, my peoples, we'll be right back. All right, y'all. This is your man. I'm about to wrap this up for today. Let's get into it with some MLB. Uh, we're gonna talk some uh, end of the year awards, M- MVP, of course. Some also some Cy Young, the best pitcher, uh, the best pitchers. Uh, let's get right into it with the MVP award. Uh, let's start with the NL, the National League. We got Christian Yellick winning that, the outfielder from the Milwaukee Brewers. Now he beat out Javier Baez of the Cubs and also Nolan Arenado of the Colorado Rockies. He led the NL this year in a batting average. He had. 3.26 and also led uh, led the NL in uh, slugging average with five with a 5.98, basically almost a, basically a six. Uh, he uh, did pretty well in the postseason as well. He was the offensive leader throughout every series, even the final one with the Dodgers. And again, he was reliable uh, in terms of his batting. He was reliable on defense. And again, this is what gets you an MVP. Uh, in terms of the AL, we got Mookie Betts, outfielder of the Boston Red Sox. This is no this is not a surprise either. Uh, but he did beat out Mike Trout, who's been pretty much owning this this award the past few years. He had eighty four extra base hits with which led the league. He had a three forty six, or well, at least the AL. Uh, he had a three forty six batting average, which which also led the AL, and he had ten point four wins above replacement. I did talk about what that meant a couple months ago. Uh, but wins above replacement is basically. If he were to go out for injury for uh, an expected period of time, basically, how many wins was he accountable for? How many wins is he accountable for when he, you know, it, how many wins uh, would somebody, uh, it's it's very hard. It's very hard to, to to explain. It's a very hard stat, but a very important one. Basically, what I'm saying is without him, the Red Sox don't do as well in a discussion, if that makes any sense. Uh, but again, Mookie Betts, just like with Christian Yellick, uh, was phenomenal at the plate throughout the playoffs again, uh, maybe with the exception of the actual World Series, uh, his numbers weren't all weren't all top. But again, timely hitting throughout the playoffs, uh, he hit for multiple base hits, uh, got a lot of people, drove in a lot of runs, and that's what counts in the playoffs. They had to take out uh, the last year's champion, uh, the Astros, and it was a good series from Mookie Betts, and I'm pretty I'm pretty certain that's probably one of the deciding factors for him. Now let's move on to the Cy Young, the Cy Young award, of course, for the best pitcher in both leagues. Uh, let's talk about the NL real quick. Uh, Jacob DeGrom won that from the New York Mets. Uh, he had a 10-9 record, which is probably, yes, this is the lowest total of wins in the modern area for somebody, uh, but he did get 29 of 30 uh, first place votes, and this was because of his ERA. His ERA was a 1.70, which is the sixth lowest ever recorded. So, there you go. He might not have had the best of wins, and I think that because it comes down to for him in terms of his win and loss record, the Mets just suck. So he didn't really get a lot of run support. He doesn't really have a lot of defensive help. So again, you know, him he, he himself, and I think it, it makes it makes perfect sense. This is a stat, the ERA stat is specifically a pitcher stat. I mean that that is your the telltale sign about who's a good pitcher or not. The record, it, it, you know, it could be deceiving, of course, because again it's a team sport in a lot of aspects and again you know run support the mets don't get a lot of that a lot of you know, they're not a good defensive team so again he probably, you know he did not win as many games as you think he would but in terms of his actual pitching he's a monster only one uh, 1.7 ERA like I said, sixth lowest ever recorded since 1969. You gotta give your man Jacob DeGrom some love. Hopefully he'll he'll find himself on a better team in some sometime in the near future for his sake. Uh also in the AL, we got Blake Snell from Tampa Bay winning that Cy Young Award. He had the second lowest ERA this season with a 1.89. So again, these guys are not playing on the best of teams, so you're not hearing a whole lot about them. Uh Tampa Bay was pretty much out of the playoff mix within at least by July or early August. Uh, but he did finish with a nine uh a nine and he finished with a nine and three record. So he was able to do well himself uh in terms of his record. And another good fact from him, and this is how you know he's dominant, the opposing hitters only had a one a point one seven eight average on him. So it makes sense. I mean, remember. Earned runs are actually when people cross the plate. That's points being earned. So think about it this way: both these guys only gave up one, basically one point a game, a little bit over a point, maybe over a point a game. And you're talking about Blake Snell here. People weren't even hitting off of him, Rarely. One point seven eight. Come on, that's please. If a, if if a, if a hitter in this league. Ever dropped to one seventy eight at least in the big MLB, dropped to one seventy eight on just on his own personal average, he be kicked down to triple A for at least a couple of months or so, just keeping it lit. So to keep all his opponents at a one seventy eight, wow, that's. That's ridiculous, yo. Uh, both these guys deserve some credit. Uh, I will be talking some more about any free a uh, no real free agency notes just just yet to talk about. But again, when as they arrive, I will talk about that. Uh, but moving on, let's get into the uh, the NBA. Uh, the big story though. Uh, of course, we already saw this happen a little bit last week, but since it's continued more than this week, and I thought it was something interesting to talk about only because I wanted to to gauge where the Warriors were still out because of this. Uh, but of course, we all know about Dr- uh, Draymond and, and, and Kevin Durant having their issues last week against the Clippers. They ended up losing in the game in overtime. And uh, so far, with Steph still being out, of course, uh, they're still facing some struggles. Now, again, uh, they lost to the Mavericks last night. Let's talk a little bit about that game because, you know, despite it all, I, I really didn't see them dropping that one. But, you know, it it happens. <laughs> but uh, the Warriors are still 12-5. and five. That puts them in a still top in the Western Conference, of course. Mavericks are still 7-8. and eight. They're still trying to find their way. But the way they were able to get this win is – is is just is just n- nothing short of of an upset to me, uh. But Kevin Durant he goes for thirty two points. Clay has twenty two points. Uh, Quinn Cook has fifteen points off the bench for the Warriors. Uh, Draymond Green didn't play. Uh, I don't know if he's still under some suspension. I thought it was just one game, but again, whatever. Uh, Steph uh Steph Curry is still out. So that was another factor as well. And uh, you can start to see where you know of course they have these they have Clay who can. Uh, who can show up and make a who have a who can have a fifty point performance any night? Uh, you have Durant who could probably do the same thing. Uh, we obviously see that they have somewhat of a bench, and if Draymond you know decides he wants to help out, he can help out. But again, something about not having uh, Steph Curry is bothering these Warriors. I don't know what it is, but they seem to be very. They don't seem to be the same team. Uh, speaking of the Mavericks, though, um, Harrison Barnes, the former Warrior, he uh, he had a great game, 23 points, 8 rebounds, and the rookie, Luka Doncic, he was right behind him. He had 24 points and 9 rebounds. They also got some help from Dennis Smith, Jr., uh, at the point guard. Uh, he had 14 points and 6-6. Six and, six. and, again, Dallas just looked to be cohesive, and I think that's the, the biggest thing. The Warriors are looking very um... – <laughs> and, again, when I first saw the situation – I wanted to say the media was slanting something they wanted to make a story um but apparently there is some there is some some type of you know animosity towards these guys. I don't know why they went together <laughs> they won a championship together they beaten LeBron James together, so I don't know uh what the big issue is um for their for their sake. I hope they get it right, but there there is also that you know that notion that Kevin Durant won't be there next year. And, again, with that being said, I don't think that's the biggest of the issues. They were able to win a championship without him. And uh, Draymond was right for that, but it's not necessarily his place to do that. I think if you're a team, it doesn't matter how your team got together. You need to respect the fact that you guys are a team and try to make that work. You know, are you going to call your teammate a bitch? Again, that's – I've been a part of teams like that where things like that could happen. And, again, it, its it doesn't work. I don't think you need to have any type of friction between each other. I think there's okay. There's disagreements. Of course you have your disagreement when, when you are going at each other like that <clears throat> on a sideline and, 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 and mind you, it might not have been a nationally televised game. And <clears throat> We're talking about the Clippers game. Now I'm not too sure if that was a nationally televised game, but again, we already know because of who you guys are because of the team you guys play for anything you guys do, they're going to highlight. They're going to put that spin on it and, uh, And you don't want to make that, you know, that. I mean, again, like it could have been a a simple argument, of course, a simple argument between the two guys. A simple, you know, disagreement would have gotten camera attention, would have gotten people to talk, of course. But to take it as far as Draymond did and say all the things that he said, you know, those are some issues. And I don't think teammates should not be talking to each other like that. And I think if they are, then it's not a real team. Again, I've seen a lot of teams like that have a lot of, you know, i played on teams like that. Good You know, good athletes, some of the best athletes in a a specific area, you know, we can, we can, you know, get to the ball, get, you know, do all the things, you know, we can win against the teams that don't matter. We can win, win those, 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 uh, easy games, the easy, the easy season, season games. But when it comes down to it, you know, a team like that, a team with those type of issues, I don't see them, you know, making it happen when it, when the going gets tough. I see that team falling apart when the going, gets tough. Uh, When the fight first happened, I really wanted to say that I really wanted to say, you know This could just be a quick fix. Uh, They'll be alright, but the you know one thing. I don't I would never do and and If I would never call another man a bitch unless I really felt that way about him And I wouldn't say some of the things about a man, you know Unless I was really trying to get under his 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 skin and not really fuck with him like that And I think there's some really some issues and some tension between those two guys And I did not want to jump on that media bandwagon, but again I've been a part of teams like that that have had super amounts of talent, uh, been the best of their little, you know, that little, you know, conference that they play in. But the minute you get to playoff time and you get some type of, you know, some type of animosity or not animosity, I'm sorry, some adversity, you fall apart because you don't have that the connection with the teammate. You can't look at your brother and say, yeah, bro, I got your back because you hate that man. You really, truly don't like each other. So y'all, y'all losing, but then y'all just it just it just becomes a, a, a negative snowball. Y'all blaming each other. Y'all y'all fighting each other. If if the Warriors you know don't get their act together and it starts to get ugly, I wouldn't be surprised if people started fighting. But I, I just don't see them going that slipping that far. I think they have just enough you know talent to get them through the season. But again, if they if they get to a point and they're in a a, a tough battle a tough series whether i I think if, if houston could get their shit together and they're facing each other in the western conference finals or whoever and it's a it's a close series and it's a back and forth i'm going to be honest with you i don't think I could go with the wars. I would have to go with the mo- the team that loves each other the most, the team that has the most cohesiveness. Because when the going gets tough, and I play, I've I've played sports enough to know this. When the going gets tough, when, when you're not winning, when you're not as successful as you want to be, the last thing you can you can you, you the last the your last line of defense for success is being able to look at your your brother, your teammate, and say, "I got your back." Let's lift each other up. You know, let's give each other uh, the space and the the opportunity to be great. When you're not happy with each other, you start to think about yourself. You are only blocking for your personal gain. You're only catching passes for your own personal game. If it's basketball, you're only shooting. You know, to to get your numbers. You only you know you're holding the ball and you're passing it to teammates you think, you know, you're cool with. And that's not how this game works. And you don't want it to be like that. You know, that was a very that's it. That's an issue. If I get if I'm if I'm Draymond Green, I'm not I'm not the best offensive player on my team. I get a rebound. I'm taking it down the court. Durant or Steph Curry or Clay, for that matter, is asking me for the ball. I'm giving it to them because I know that I'm not the best scorer. I cannot lead this ball to court. Take it, Kevin. Do what you do with it. If you can't make a shot, then you know I got something underneath the rim. You know I can muscle my way in there and get an easy two shots. Maybe, maybe a foul shot, too. Maybe an AM one Don't tell yourself short. Ego will, will cost the best teams their championships. I don't want this to happen to them. They've been through so much. Um... I'm not a fan, but I would hate to see him go out like this. That's just me. But moving on, let's get through the rest of this NBA action from last night. Uh, the Clippers were able to beat the Nets 127 to 119. The Nuggets lose to the Pelicans 115 to 125. Uh, the Lakers, they lose to the Magic 117 to 130. Uh, the Sixers were able to get it done in overtime against the Hornets 120 to 119. The Hawks beat the Pacers. Uh, 89 to 97. Uh, we got the Celtics beating the, I'm sorry, the Celtics losing to the Jazz, 86 to 98. Uh, we got the Raptors beating down on the Bulls, 122 to uh sorry, 122 to 83. Let's talk a little bit about this one. For the Raptors, Fred Van Fleet led the way. He had 18 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. Danny Green from formerly of the San Antonio Spurs. He also had 17. And Serge Ibaka, yes, Serge Ibaka, he's still around. He had 16 points and four rebounds. The Bulls go on to 13-4. and four. Let's talk about the Bulls a little bit. I'm sorry, the Raptors go on to 13-4. and four. Excuse me. Uh the Bulls, let's talk about the Bulls a little bit. Uh they're currently at four and thirteen. Uh they were led by Antonio Blakeney last night who had thirteen points off the bench. Jabari Parker and Justin Holiday both had both got twelve points and it was a bad another bad game for them. Uh thirty-nine point loss. Uh things have not been looking good for the Bulls. And uh, it's just unfortunate, you know. Uh, 10, th- ten 20 years ago this team was a dynasty. Now it's just trash. Ugh. Ugh oh, oh whatever. It's not my fault. Ugh oh. and uh finally we got the the Kings uh beating the Rockets one hundred twelve to one hundred thirty two. The Kings have unfortunately come back down to earth. That was an exciting run of basketball, but uh I guess things happen the way they do. Alright, y'all, so we're gonna wrap everything up for tonight. Uh, my next episode, I will be covering over all the NFL action for today, all the games. Uh, I will I do want to go back and touch up on some Lady Ann Bell. Uh, again, I feel like you he played herself, but I'll go into more why I feel that way. I'm also gonna be talking about some uh Yeah, I'm gonna be talking about the state of the, the Green Bay Packers as well. They took a, a ugly loss on Thursday. Well, It wasn't ugly in terms of score, but in terms of what they want to do with their season, it was an ugly loss, and they shouldn't have taken it. So we're going to talk a little bit about them as well. And again, I still got that Scary Movie movie 2 review for you guys, so it's on. Don't worry. I'm gonna get it for y'all, and also, uh, again, we're gonna have uh, again. I'm looking, uh, I'm trying to, you know, stay up on top of this free agency for the MLB as things happen. I will report them. So far, I haven't seen any any major changes with that, but again, I will be keeping you guys notified on that. All right, y'all. So I'm gonna take a take a break for today. I'll be back soon, y'all. Pe- peace out, y'all. If I have, if somebody has not told you yet, I'll be the first to tell you. I love you. All right, y'all. Well, love. Peace out.